A few weeks ago, my husband, Tab, and I got into a very heated argument over pizza. That's, yeah. It was actually a serious marital dispute that we had over pizza. Has anybody had a ridiculous argument with their spouse or someone? Anybody? Okay. Uh, one person? Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, over, over pizza, which is it's funny when I hear myself say that on the microphone because I said this to the 930 service and it doesn't get easier to say because it's kind of embarrassing. You know, like, it's like sometimes I just think I've come so far. You know, like I've just really matured a lot in my life. And then I say things like I just got in a big heated debate with my husband. It wasn't a debate. It was an argument. I got in this heated argument with my husband over pizza and I just realized how much further I have to go, you know, in maturing. It's ridiculous. But but it really did happen. And um, it was a few weeks ago. We were at the beach. We go on this annual trip with, with our family and Tab's whole family. It's awesome. We have a wonderful time. And um, we have three kids. They're young. They're all girls. And uh, Rachel's 10 and Lila's 5. And then we have Emmy, and she just turned a year uh, a few months ago. And um, so one day on the beach, we stayed a really, really, really long time. Like, we didn't get into the condo until 9.30 at night. Which, if you have small children and it involves sand and a lot of sun, it's really not wise to make it that late of a night. But we were having fun, we lost track of time. So we come into the condo and we are tired and we are sunned out and there's sand like everywhere and our kids are losing their minds and everybody's hungry. And we're thinking, what are we gonna eat for dinner? It's so late, what are we gonna do? And so I'm like, hey, you know what, let's order a pizza. And Tab looks at me and doesn't hold back and he's like, that is not a good idea. It is 9.30 at night. If we order a pizza, it's going to be 10.30 before the pizza comes, and then 11 o'clock or later before our kids go to bed. And I had a response for that, okay? He said, why don't we just make a, a sandwich? Well, I don't want to make anything, thank you very much. I'm tired, and I have sand in places. I don't want it. And I just want to order a pizza and have it come to the door, and I want to eat it. Thank you very much. So Tab and I are like... It's getting elevated and elevated, and our kids keep coming in and interrupting, which kids are the reason. They're the reason we fight. I'm just telling you. So Tab and I are going back and forth, and it's getting heated, and we finally just separate. We go to our own corners of the condo. I go upstairs to our room, and I mean stomping like every stair. And I walk in there, and I am so irritated. I'm irritated. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm angry. And I'm angry mostly for two reasons. For one, I'm angry that I'm angry. Do you ever get like that? It's like, come on. It's just so ridiculous that something like this has gotten the better of me. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so ridiculous. And I'm angry that I haven't come further than this. And the other reason that I'm angry is because have you ever, like, are you, well, okay. I am really pretty good when I know I'm going into a, a tense situation to, like, handle it well. And that's because I seek God and I pray to him. And I'm like, will you please just fill me? Will you guide me? Will you, will you just filter me? And he always does. And so when I know I'm coming into a tense situation, I do all right. It's the ones that come out of nowhere, you know? And I didn't expect this. And so I am in the room and I am audibly complaining about my husband to God because God tells us to tell him and talk to him about everything. And so I take him at his word. And so I am audibly talking about my husband to God and airing all my grievances. And let me pause right there because I love my husband. I love my husband, and I'm telling you a story because I want you to understand something important, but at the most important thing, I honor my man, I love him, he is good to me. Okay, but I was mad. And I'm standing in the bathroom, and I am just telling God all this stuff and how I'm feeling and everything. Okay, well, let me pause for just a second. 
Something God has been showing me in my quiet time with him is this prayer of David, King David, that he prayed. And it's something that he has had me been praying every day for about three months now. And, and so I'm going to read it to us now. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And David prays, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Essentially what this is saying is, hey, God, check my heart. If there's anything in my heart that is not where it should be, Will you point it out to me and then lead me in the way everlasting? Lead me to the right way to do this. So, so in the midst of me telling God how I'm feeling and, and venting, really, he reminds me of this verse, which is really just irritating, if I'm being honest, you know? And I really didn't, I've tried to ignore it. You know, it's kind of like when you were a kid and your parents would tell you something and you're like, like, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I'm not listening. You know, that's kind of how I felt. Um, but I have been walking with the Lord long enough, and I have seen his power, and I have experienced it. So I perked up, and I was like, okay, you want me to pray this prayer? Fine. Because I went into this prayer thinking, oh, well, I didn't feel like I had done anything wrong. I didn't think I had done anything wrong. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault. That's how I was feeling. But the interesting thing about this prayer is that you cannot say it without really meaning it. And so I just kind of calmed down for a second. I was like, all right, we'll do things your way, God. Lord, is there anything in this situation that I have not done right? Is there anything in my heart that I need to be corrected on? Will you please point it out and lead me in the way? Well, he didn't even let me finish my question. He didn't. I didn't even finish my prayer before God clearly and swiftly said, stop talking about my son like that. And you might think, well, how, how do you know that was God? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because Elin would not say that. I was mad. I was feeling a certain way, and it was driving everything that I was saying, thinking, and doing. No, it was God. It was God, and it was immediately humbling. And see, next in the verse, it, it says, lead me in the way. Lead me in the way really to life, to experience success in life on this earth. And I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew I was supposed to go downstairs, and I was supposed to be the wife that I'm called to be and the mom and be delightful. I knew that's what I was supposed to do and be. And I'm really glad I did because, see, if I would have been the one to decide what to do, I would have you've probably done one of two things. I would have either gone to bed really angry and woke up angry, and punished Tab, and been in a sour mood all day long. Anybody ever done that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. <laughs> or I would have gone downstairs and stomped around, or huffed and puffed, or acted a certain way, or not been, you know, delightful, or tried to pick. Oh, that's what I like to do. You know, like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what you said and how I felt. Some things you just don't need to talk about. But what's amazing about this prayer it is, it is a prayer of humility. And it's not one that we always think about wanting to pray, but what's amazing is God's blessing comes as a result. And it completely diffused the entire argument. And I know it's something over silly like pizza, but let's be honest, we all have silly things that we spend way too much time and energy on and get all worked up about every single day of our life. And I believe that it's because I got humble to God and said, just tell me what's wrong with me, what's wrong in my heart. And what's interesting, he didn't tell me that I had necessarily done something wrong in my exchange with Tab. 
You see, it was what was inside here that was the problem. But because I listened and I went downstairs, the, 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 the problem was dissolved and we went on and had a wonderful rest of our trip. That was it. And P.S., I did get my pizza, just so you know. <laughs> There's power in humility. And that is an interesting thing to say because power and humility is not something that I think most of us would put together. Weakness and humility, maybe. But power and humility? No, you know why it's so foreign to us? Because our world doesn't celebrate humility. Pride. Pride is what is celebrated in the world around us. Pride. Pride is the thing that says, I'm not saying I'm sorry. I feel a certain way, so I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to do any kind of self-check to say, could I have done something differently? I'm just going to be angry. And you know what? Every single one of us, me too, obviously, we all struggle with pride in some form or fashion. It's kind of the human experience, unfortunately. The good news is, is our pride, if we will let it, will let us lean into our need for a savior. And then it's amazing what happens. But we all struggle with pride. It may be a thought. It may be an action. It may be words. It may be something we think about ourselves or other people. It may be judgments. It's all sorts of things. If you don't think we have a pride issue, look at social media. And listen, I'm not here to dog social media because I think there's a place for it and I think there's some good that can come out of it. I know that there has been a lot of good that has come out of it. But the truth is, social media celebrates pride. It celebrates the me, the my, the I. What do I think about this? I'm right. You can't tell me who I am or what I think. It celebrates me. It celebrates my truth, not the truth. And it's sneaky. You know why? Because it's, the enemy is behind it, and he is sneaky and crafty, and he does things in such a subtle way, and he hijacks our life. If you don't believe me, the next time you've spent like a half a day on Facebook, which is like so true, right, because it's a time sucker, and you log off, just take a moment and think about how you feel. I would bet you you're going to feel one of three ways. Either going to feel puffed up and arrogant, like, mm-hmm. I told him, or look at all the lights that I got, or look how good I look in that picture. Or you're going to feel insignificant and insecure. Or you're going to feel judgmental. All of that is pride. And let me tell you something, pride destroys. It is a destroyer. It destroys and it's sneaky. And you know why? Because pride puts a wedge between us and God. Pride is what makes Satan, Satan. Pride is actually what entered death into the scene. You know, God's plan for us was not death. It wasn't. But Adam and Eve just couldn't resist the urge to want to know and be like God. And so they, they took a bite of that fruit. And, and, and death enters. Pride. Pride destroys. And today we see it. Pride is destroying our marriages. We can't say, I'm sorry. We can't say, hey, what do I need? What do you need from me? We just can't forgive. It's all pride. It is destroying our marriages. It is destroying our relationships with our neighbors. It is destroying our relationship with our children. It is destroying our children. It is destroying our finances. It is destroying our careers. It's destroying us. It is a destroyer. Because power is not in pride. Power 
is in humility. Oh, to be humble is the most beautiful thing. Just look at Jesus Christ. Look at Jesus for just a minute. He is the perfect example of the power of humility. Here we have the God of the universe, power, humbling himself to be a human being and walk in all of our mess, humility. We have the king of kings, power, coming here not to be served as a king, but to serve others, humility. We have this incredible teacher who teaches his disciples, who, who has authority, power. And yet he does the lowest of the lows of the lows of the lows for any servant, and he washes their feet. Humility. God, Jesus, had every bit of power of God. And yet we see him time and time again in Scripture humble himself and say, God, I need you. And that is because there is power in humility. And I believe that David understood this when he wrote out this prayer. You see, what was going on in the time of David's life when he, when he prayed this prayer, there was, he was the king of ancient Israel. And, and there was so much internal strife happening in that nation. It was just falling apart. People hated people. People hated the government. The government hated people. Sound familiar? It was a mess. It was an absolute disaster. They were on the brink of a civil war. But what I find so amazing and, and inspiring about this man, about David, is he understood something that I think if the rest of us understood, it would change our entire lives. If we understood it and we believed it and we, and we lived it out. He understood that every dispute, every problem is not about you and me. It was not about the people. He understood that there is a spiritual component. He understood that there was a spiritual battle going on. He understood what we hear, what we read about the truth in Ephesians 6.12, which says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. David understood that this wasn't about people. He also understood that the spiritual tide of his nation could only go as high as the spiritual health of his own heart. You see, David understood that the very people he was leading weren't the problem. He knew he needed to write things in his own heart, and he needed his maker to be able to point it out because it gets foggy when we have all of our emotions involved, right? And here's the thing we know about David. We know that he was a man after God's heart, and we know that he experienced great blessing and favor from God. We know that. And here's the thing about you and me is that is available for us. God loves, loves humility. He loves humility and he rewards and honors those who are humble. He loves it. There's a whole bunch of verses I'm going to share with you. 
And there's many more, but I'm just going to go through this because I want you to understand this is like real stuff here. In James 4.10, says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. When we come to God and we humble ourselves, he honors us and lifts us up. Second Chronicles 7.14, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. This is God basically saying, hey, listen, if you will humble yourself and pray to me and seek me, guess what? I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm going to bless you. He says he's going to restore our land. Does anyone need restoration? Only one. Yeah, yeah. We need restoration and God is saying, hey, humble yourself and come to me and seek me and I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna restore. Proverbs 3.34 says, the Lord mocks the mocker but is gracious to the humble. In the Greek version, it says, the Lord opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I need grace. Grace is this undeserved favor that we all desire from God. It's the blessings that we don't deserve but we need. And the way God is telling us to get that is to come to him in humility. Proverbs 22.4, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. I will take one of each, please. Right? (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. And he tells us how to get that. Psalm 149, 4, for the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Victory is winning. I want to live a victorious life where nothing can take me down. Not because of any strength Elon has, but because of Jesus living in me. That is what I want. And he is saying he's going to put a crown on your head and mine. When we come to him humbly, we're going to have victory over every struggle that we have. Proverbs 11.2, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom is one of the sweetest gifts in the whole entire world, and it's ours when we come to him humbly. And Jesus himself even said in Matthew 23.12, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. God's going to lift us up when we come to him and realize who he is and how much we need him. You know, one of the struggles that I always have, kind of the night before a message, and really in the first part of the morning before I get a chance to really pray, is I always have this tug of war with feeling like I need to come in here and convince you. And no wonder, no wonder that's a struggle, because my job is not to convince anyone. It's really not. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. And he is way more capable than me. No, you know what my job is? My job is to equip. And hear me, my heart, my heart every day of my life, and I mess up terribly many of the times, but, but my true heart is to show people, to help them access the power that they have, that you have, so that you can live the successful, we can live the successful lives that God wants for us to live. That is my heart. So right now, I want to equip you And I really do believe that one of the reasons we struggle with this humility component is because it is hard. It is hard. But let me tell you something that we need to understand about our salvation. And before I do, those of you who don't, you're not really sure about how you feel about Jesus, I am so glad you are here. 
I am so glad you are here. And all I would say is just listen in real closely right now. To the rest of us who have said, you know, who are saved, which the Bible says that salvation comes when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he came down from heaven, died for our sins and rose again, okay? When we believe that we are saved. And do you know what happens the moment, the instant we choose to believe, that moment, this This self, this human nature that tells us that how we feel is really telling us the truth and we need to go and tell somebody how we feel and get mad and point blame and be angry and unforgive and hold a grudge, that self, that human self, that Elan self, it actually dies. And we have a new nature. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Oh my goodness, to really understand the power that we have. The moment that we say yes to Jesus, we now are no longer a slave to how we think we feel. How we believe we've been treated wrong. No more, no more are we offended. Because now we understand we have a shield we can hold up. We understand that. And you know what else happens the moment we believe? God's spirit merges in ours and he joins inside of our spirits. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Oh my goodness gracious, if we even understood the power that we have access to. The power of God who created the entire world, who knit each one of us together, who knows how many hairs are on your head cares so much about being close to us and giving us an incredible life that he actually is joining with us. The power that raised him from the dead is inside of us. And if you don't believe, it's at the tip of the fingers of your heart. All you got to do is just say yes. And you have access to this. And we have access to this. There is power in humility. It is a powerful, beautiful thing to be celebrated. And I believe that this prayer, oh, I believe it could change some things big time. Can you imagine the implication this would have to to say, God, okay, is there something that I'm missing? Is there something wrong in here? Am I doing something I shouldn't? Can you please point that out to me and then lead me in the way? Can you imagine the implication this would have on our lives? Can you imagine our marriages? Things that, like pizza, that that could bother us, just whatever. Can you imagine the implication this would have on our relationship with our children? Can you imagine, young people, the implication this could have on your parents if you didn't think you knew everything? I say that in love, okay, but but I say that with authority. Can you imagine our finances if we said, hey, God, is there any way different that you want me to handle your money? Can you imagine our careers? Oh, my gosh, we would be living careers that were like, I was made for this. Because we would be actually seeking God on what he wants us to do. Can you imagine how we would feel about ourselves? Oh, I'm sweating up here. 
feel like there's steam rising. Because this is so powerful. Think about your life for just a minute, okay? Worship team, you guys can come on out. Think of an area in your life where you are struggling. What if this week, every single day, you woke up and you said, God, this area of my life, uh, is, there anything, is there anything I need to know from you? You know, is there any way in my heart that maybe I, I'm, I'm off a little bit? God, if there is, will you show me what it is and will you help me to know what to do next? Can you imagine? And let's say you're thinking of your life right now and you're like, actually, things are going really well right now. I am so, so glad. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. So then I would say, is there any area that you'd like, like, 10% better? I mean, what if we started our day every day for the next seven days as a family? Every single day for the next seven days and we just started our day and said, hey, whether it's something specific or not, hey God, will you just check my heart? Will you check my thoughts? And will you please point out, and by the way, he'll do it in a loving way because he's not mad at you. Because you're his child and he loves you and he wants to lead you on the way when my little baby gets too close to the, to the edge, I don't yank her and berate her. No, I grab her by her sweet, precious, dimply little hand. That's my, I just want to eat you, Faith. And I just ever so, come on, come on, let's go this way. It's okay. Because I know what's better for her than she does, and I love her. God's not mad at you. Just to say, hey, is there anything that I need writing in here? And Lord, will you please just, in your ever so gently, ever so gentle, loving way, will you, will you reveal to me what that is? And then will you lead me? Will you show me what I'm supposed to do? Because you know, I've kind of made a mess of things. But it's not too late. Can you imagine? Do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what is going to happen? You are going to be so blessed. It is not a promise that this little girl makes. It is the promise of the one who created you. There is something beautiful about saying, Lord, I don't hold it all together and I don't even know what I'm doing, by the way. But you do. How freeing is that? It frees. It frees. It breaks things off that you thought you could never break off. It allows you and empowers you to do things you never thought you could do. And it restores the land. It restores relationships. He restores. He will bless you. He will show his favor to you. If you will come to him and say, look in here, God, and show me what I need to do. Oh my gosh. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Praise Jesus. Right now we're going to go back into finishing that worship song, Lord, I need you. Because the truth is, is that's humility. 
It's okay. It's okay that we don't have it together. When we know the one who does, we have all the power in the world, but we've got to remember that we need him. We need him every hour of every day. Amen. And so, will you stand? Will you stand with me? As we sing this last part of the song together, let it be the cry of our heart. Let it be our prayer. Jesus, I need you. We need you in every way, in every day, all day long. And we're so thankful that you are a God who wants incredible blessings in our life. You want to give that to us. And we need your help because by human nature, we are not humble. But thank you, Jesus, that, that we have a new nature in us that says we don't dictate how we feel. You have the power now and you live inside of us. And I thank you, Jesus, for that. And so we come humbly to you and we open up our hearts right now. And if there's something you need to tell us in this next few moments, Lord, make it clear, Jesus. Make it clear, help us to hear. Lord, and then, and then help us to open up the hands of our heart and receive this favor, this blessing that, that you want to give us. Change our lives, Lord. Change our lives in the name of Jesus. We pray this together. Amen.